Hello and welcome to Communities Forward. I'm your host, Jerome Carter. Communities Forward seeks to share the stories and experiences of people who are making a positive impact within their communities and neighborhoods, especially in the St. Louis metropolitan area. The Communities Forward podcast is brought to you by Rise Community Development. You can learn more about RISE and how we participate in the process of helping neighborhoods and communities become healthier and more equitable at www.risestl.org and www.risestl.org. And today's podcast is part two of our interview with David Noble, which we began last week. David is the St. Louis market president for Midland States Bank, and as a lender, David's goal is to be a catalyst in the communities that he serves in such a way that communal change and socioeconomic movement occurs in those communities for everyone. In part two of this interview, David continues to talk about his history and his trajectory and uh, rising to leadership within the banking community and what his hopes are, uh, what he can do in his current position. Hope that you enjoy the episode. You know, I, Ron asked me one time, he said, so David, what do you want to do in your career? Because I had this talent, this raw talent that I believe Ron was trying to figure out how to shape it um, and, and, and how to harness it uh, and direct it. And uh, and I told him, I said, I want, I, I want Alex's seat. And I said, I know I can't have Alex's seat while I'm here. I, I said, he's not going anywhere too soon. And, uh, and, and I see that as the next step in my career. What I loved about my relationship with Ron, that didn't bother him when I said that. Because I, th- I believe he asked me that as a young man, what do I want to do in my career? Because he was going to position me. I, you know, the, the next thing was for me to learn uh, commercial lending and be more direct about it. You know, John had exposed me to business banking. Alex had exposed me to commercial lending. I got paired up with lenders, but I said, now I want to dig into it more. So when I said that, it's literally like when that came out of my mouth, I started getting recruited for uh, potential opportunities. But just by happenstance, an organization that I co-founded and was the initial chair, the Metropolitan St. Louis CRA Association, my current manager, one of them, Jeff Meffert, was a member uh, and at Midland States Bank. And when I was looking at banks that, that could potentially uh, use me, I looked at, oh, you have a branch here and you bought uh, numerous amounts of banks in the years to come. So it's a matter of time till you buy a bank in St. Louis. I was literally, and I think I was being given a level of discernment and insight. And um, that opportunity came up before um, me and the recruiter, uh, the recruiter can answer the questions that I had. So we didn't hit it off. He never passed me on to the bank. Um, me and Jeff eventually connected directly and uh, I got a matter of fact, and I even knew somebody else that, that I assisted in interviewing for the role, uh, but apparently they didn't get it. Uh, and then me and Jeff ended up talking. And the conversation that we had led to an interview. And I interviewed with uh, the CEO, the uh, head of risk management, um, chief credit officer, uh, SVP of community banking at the time, Jeff Meffer. Um, and I think legal legal counsel, if I didn't mention them already. So it was four or five people in the room. That day was supposed to be an hour. I spent three hours in Effingham. We literally in the interview shifted from the, from the because they didn't ask the traditional questions. We shifted from talking about the role to strategizing around how would you execute in the role? Um, and, and, I, and, and I said, look, if you all want to make this business and, and it's a business development opportunity for you, 
uh, and you're comfortable leading. I said, I'm, I'm your guy. I said, but if you want to follow, I might not be your guy. I said, because I see this space so differently. And uh, Leon the Hostback, lo love this gentleman as well too. Uh, the way that he engaged me when he pivoted in his chair and the, and the way he sat up with his body posture, I said, oh, we're getting ready to walk down that road a little bit. And that was a great moment to where we literally were saying, well, David, how do you make your business? How, how does it become business opportunities for us? And, uh, and we trusted each other enough to get into a relationship of employment. And here I am seven years and nine months later, when I first got into banking, I never wanted to stay in banking. Um, 18 months in, I was selling John Shivers. I don't like, I don't like banking. I said, they don't really want to do business with the whole community. And he get, had a come to Jesus conversation with me. Uh, that come to Jesus conversation with me was look around you and see who looks like you that's in your role. Uh, look around you and see the state of our community. Look around you and see the leadership. Do you understand that you're in this role for a reason, that you be in position for something? I never said I didn't want to be in banking again after that. And, the, and, and here I am as a market president that I never saw myself. In, in this role. I didn't even see this as, as an option. Um, when I got asked to consider it, it took me less than 24 hours to start drafting a strategic plan and thinking around, oh, this is this is a unique role. You are actually a community economic development professional that happens to be a banker. Your experience of community economic development is more so in banking. What kind of mindset do you bring to the market president role that's different? If you continue to progress in banking, what kind of mindset will you bring to the different roles that you have? How much more of an opportunity will it give you to, uh, to, to uh, pursue my personal mission, which is community building through investing in people and places? Uh, yeah, that, 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 that was a powerful moment and revelation as well. And I think I, think I met you like right before, right before this stuff started happening. Because uh, because me and you had some counsel around this as well. So no, I don't mean to be long-winded. I'm just you know having this having this uh, interview with you has kind of given me a moment to reflect on the path here. And I've had a couple leapfrog moments in my career to where I've leapfrogged several stages or roles to get to uh, to get to the uh, to the role that I landed in. Now you're not being long-winded. That's a reason why I ask you the question, brother, that's the point that listeners want to hear you. And yeah, no, we met um, at a very particular location uh, by accident. We, I, we both had a mutual acquaintance who found out that I was going back into the community development world. I left academia to come back to, you know, St. Louis and to lead Rise. And he told me I need to meet you when you were in banking and and we hit it off immediately. So no, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, he made that connection. Do me a favor, explain to our listeners, what is a market president and what does a market president do in, in banking? So, so for, you know, the market president role, depending on what institution that, that you're at, it'll be shaped different, but it really boils down to a leader for the market, whether it's a face uh, for the bank or uh, a leader of executing on strategies, coming up with strategies and tactical plans to achieve the objectives for that region. So in my role at Midland States Bank as market president, um, the, the, the commercial team, commercial relationship managers report directly to me and I get to, you know, and I have the opportunity to work directly with them 
uh, in, in uh, effectuating um, strategy to achieve our goals in the market. Now, my other partners <clears throat> that I that I call them regional, other regional leaders like our district retail banking uh, banking manager, uh, you know, sales uh, mortgage sales representative, uh, wealth management, commercial services, which is cash, you know, cash treasury management and merchant services for us. I get to indirectly partner with with, with them and indirectly influence um, some some of their activity as we go to get business together. So that is the uh, that that is the uh, that role in a nutshell. Now the the uniqueness that I bring to the role is that as director of community economic development because that's a unit that I created in Midland. Um, I think roughly after two or three years being at the, being at the bank and then director uh, of community economic development. I'm used to playing across the different lines of business, but at a corporate level. So this is, uh, so as a market president, it's almost a microcosm of what I did or what I do as director of community economic development, but more directly uh, influencing outcomes, which it is a pivot with some of the things that I have to, uh, that I have to learn, um, technical administration and operations. But when it comes to me having a strategic and tactical mindset, it's almost like it's no difference. It's just that I have more direct influence over some of the behaviors and activities to get to certain outcomes. So, uh, so does your position interact with the general public, or is it primarily with businesses? Is it primarily with you know municipalities? Explain like who do you touch on a daily basis, and that may not be. The right question but i think you understand what i'm trying to ask yeah so so i guess it depends on so so i i i'll give you i'll give you a, an answer a dual answer so depending on who you are you're going to dictate who you engage with um so 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 you can have the mindset that i'm the market president i sit in the ivory tower and i'm only going to deal with certain businesses of a certain size i'm only going to deal with certain uh certain demographics but again, I'm a community economic development professional that sits in the market president role. Um, I have to be mindful of ROI, return on investment of my time. But I could be talking to a mayor one day, to a county executive uh, another day, to a uh, CEO or president or principal owner of a business. That business might be uh, half a million to a million in gross revenue up to uh you know let's let, let, let's say 80 100 million that, that that variance could be wise i could be looking at transactions that vary from you know a little bit less than a million all the way up to 50 million um so i really I, for me it's i'm a servant uh by nature i post my role like a servant so it could be and i'm very a solution oriented so it could be that you don't know what i do or what I can do for you, but you know I solve problems and help folk and, and help folks achieve objectives. So you just want to have a conversation. From there, I will let you know what I can bring to bear. Is it is it internally in the bank? Is it a relationship or a resource that I know about that you don't that that, that I can bring to you? So so I, I've I've come in my career to real to kind of realize um, some of the folks that I admire in in, in in this city, St. Louis, but my business partners across the country, like Chicago, DC, um, Atlanta, uh, and New Orleans, the art of the rainmaker. And, uh, you know, the rainmaker, the rainmaker slash deal maker, um, the problem solver, and, and really, you know, what am, what am I, uh, 
what am I more acclimated to? So, you know, I'm more of a problem solver uh, and a deal maker and the opportunity uh, presents itself to make rain. Um, so so in, in, in having that understanding, that means that I need to work off relationships and those relationships need to be diverse. Uh, I need to have an inclusive mentality, be able to listen from based off of race, gender, culture, uh, understand, translate, and then understand folks with them. So, so I approach this role with that mindset. I see it as a leader and a change agent uh, role, but at the end of the day, David, your job is to make it rain in the market and doing that through uh, facilitating and coordinating deals and creating opportunities. I'm very proactive in the way that I approach everything. I'm not reactive. So the, that leads to the question. So how does, you use the word calling earlier, which is a word that I use, but how does all this fit into the calling or this desire, this dream that you have to make communities better? So I, I would say in the sense that the first bank that I went to, that bank and, and Midland, they had a problem. Uh, one, one, I had a problem with the Department of Justice order. The other one had, had, a, had a problem with an uh, acquisition getting challenged because uh, uh, fairly any uh, accusations that, that, that were never proven. Um, them having a problem and deciding to, to, to make me a part of the, uh, make me a variable in the equation for the solution, created an opportunity for me to serve communities that, that, that who knows where, where, it, where it, it would have ended up and where it's going to end up. So for, for at Midland, for instance, I had an opportunity to co-author a uh, portfolio uh, mortgage. So, you know, that's a mortgage that we lend out, we don't sell, we hold it on our own uh, books. That portfolio is reaching right around $60 million. That pro product has been in existence for six years. Um, so I look at, well, David, if you never would have been given the opportunity to sit in a seat, um, to be in a room, sit in a seat at the table, to actually have an influence on, on, on uh, what direction the bank was going to take to solve a problem that actually turned into an opportunity. That $60 million portfolio consists of a whole bunch of people that are homeowners now that maybe wouldn't have been homeowners before because of the way that their product's designed. Communities that um, you have somebody that went from a renter to a homeowner uh, or, or got their second house that wouldn't have had that opportunity uh, before. You know, some of the uh, commercial loans, were, you know, make, making referrals on those, some of those buildings never would have been built, those those are uh, those, built by somebody else, maybe financed by somebody else, uh, or that business wouldn't have gotten financing if you weren't in this role. So I understand the weight and magnitude of being given the opportunity. Um, you know, one of, one of my friends told me, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And, and I laughed and I said, every day that I go to work, I understand the responsibility and accountability that I have for the seat that I sit in and the tables that I sit at. It's not for me. It's uh, for me to be the voice of someone else. Uh, and, then, and then at that same time, helping uh, bring about outcomes 
that are shared, whether people know that they're shared or not. Uh, bank wants to do more business, bottom line revenue. Some of these communities need help. Uh, some of these communities are doing fine. Some business owners need, need, need some assistance, whether it's uh, ear to hear or uh, it, it's capital, or maybe it's just resources. I get to play a role in facilitating outcomes by being a connector at times and facilitator at others, problem solving other instances. So, so to me, uh, the vocation part is I have the ability to affect uh, communities at scale because of the role that I sit in. Um, and I don't take that lightly. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't take that lightly because I gotta be successful for the bank to keep me in a role or, or to keep giving me opportunities. Um, and, and that success can entail a lot of things. And this journey that we own, you know, me and you are going to be hopefully on, on a journey together in the community building space. Um, it's great when you get to walk with the right people and experience these moments. And it's all in the course of work. See, it don't even sound like work, you know, the way that I talk about it. <laughs> you know, some people get up and I don't really want to get out the bed and, and go to the job because I hate being there. I never feel like that. <laughs> Sometimes I work too late. I, I get that. Well, Noble, you send an email at one o'clock. I know uh, I might have fell asleep, woke up, and something was on my mind. I wanted to get off my mind. Well, hey, you don't know you don't need to do that. I, I'm like, I know this is the way that I work. Uh, <laughs> right. You are not obligated to answer that email. I just need to get that information to you. Don't you know? Yeah. Be pressure. Exactly. If, if you hear your phone chime. Don't shoot nothing back to me and put your phone on do not disturb. You know, we got technology for a reason. It's called a mute button or it's called a, uh, yeah. Sometimes it's just called turning it off. <laughs> yes. So what do you, right, we've talked about a lot of the hopes and dreams that you have, which are wonderful. So I, I don't say that uh, sarcastically at all. What are some of the challenges? And I'm, I want to be very uh, cognizant again, that you are answering for yourself, but also don't want to put you in a precarious position. But what are some of the challenges that people should understand or could benefit of knowing that banks are experiencing? So again, I'm making the assumption based on what you said that the goal is, is to help people, to make people's lives better, to uh, help rebuild communities. What are some of the challenges that you all experience in that process of trying to help rebuild communities and make capital available to people who are trying to participate in that process as well? Well, I mean, I think people at times I've had folks that think banks print money and we make up our own rules and it's not and, and that that's not how it works. Uh, you know, the federal government makes up our rules through these different regulatory bodies. So when you talk about uh, things like redlining and not getting access to capital, if you don't understand the complexity of finance uh, and all these different facets and levers that are in the system. Um, you'll think that, well, the bank doesn't want to do this and do that. Well, some stuff we can't do because it'll violate a regulation and we're going to get fined tens uh, and hundreds of thousands of, uh, thousands of dollars to do it. Uh, some of it uh, is it, simply we don't have that capability. And then on, on another hand, um, I realized that I am a Black man in a old white male dominated industry. Um, so I, I will have to deal with stereotypes. I will have to deal with prejudices. I will have to deal with racism. None of that means anything to me. Uh, I'm built 
Um, I, so, so growing up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I, I think now it kind of hits home to where, oh, he's built for that already. He's already been through people touching his hair and asking if it was real, rubbing on his skin to see if it came out, came off, being called certain names just out of ignorance. Um, and and, ha and having to be able to hold the right kind of posture to deal with somebody else's ignorance to get to whatever goal or objective that, that I have. So, you know, it's challenges that I have as an individual in, in the financial industry um, in and of itself. And then it's challenges that the industry has in its servitude to the community. And in some instances, you know, some, some, some folks don't even see it like you serve the community. I think our... our uh, Everything has gotten so microwave to, to, to rail and, and so transactional, and people aren't used to engaging people uh, as much anymore. To, to, to where it's hard to build, uh, uh, create connections, and create relationships, and then expand on those relationships because you have these different generations that are colliding with each other right now. And it's almost like old guard against new guard. And in the course of doing business, you have to factor all of that in in, in the way that you're going to engage somebody. Uh, in the way that you're gonna engage a region, um, and, and it's a whole it's a whole lot of things that, that you have to a lot of variables that we have to deal with um, when when you're trying to get to you know an outcome that is related to uh, community economic development politics or something else is going there. We have to deal with the swinging of policies from administration to administration. So you know if there's no consistency, how do you strategize around uh, no consistency in policy uh, and how policy is being, uh, be, being um, let's say, uh, effectuated. Um, you know, uh, and if one administration has a liking to your industry and another one doesn't, what does that look like? And is it all about politics or is, or is it about, uh, you know, actually truly, truly uh, trying to serve the community? So Sensei Bank as a financial institution is a servant to the community. That's how I see it. It's certain things that if it impacts the community, it's going to impact us. And in some instances, it creates opportunities. In some instances, it creates barriers. How can people, hold on. How can people, what, what, what would you recommend them doing or learning or exploring or Googling or whatever for them to be able to better understand um, what banks are for, what banks can do, what banks cannot do, and how they can be better prepared when they are in conversations with them. Well, so so that's a lot. That that's a lot. I, I would think that. So so this is what, what I've always tried to do um, because I have this this relationship consultative mindset that goes all the way back to selling electronics in Circuit City. And collecting on everything from a long distance telephone bill to a foreclosing on the house, uh, and then mortgage origination sales, being more so of a consultant. When when you need something from a financial institution, um, I think you need to understand uh, the complexities of what you need. So if it's a mortgage, you need to do some research on a mortgage and, and understand the, the different nuances that come with closing a mortgage. Um, whether it's a purchase or refinance transaction, then you then, then you need to go through similar process that you might go through when you're looking for a relationship um, to where you interviewing folks. So interview the bank, um, look at their website, Google some stuff about them and see what they're actually good at, see what they talk about the most because that might be what they're good at. Um, 
and then get you a, a list uh, of a couple to interview and then go go find somebody that you can build a relationship with. Um, because at the end of the day, you're doing business with a person, uh, the institution you do business with, business with secondly. So, so you have to you have to find that person that's going to be your advocate or champion in the financial institution because sometimes you need that, um, and and be willing and, and be receptive to being prepared to engage. So what I tend to do with I don't I don't care if it's a donation uh, that that you know you're gonna ask the the the, the uh, ask me uh, through one of the units that 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 uh, that, that I. Uh, steward over you gonna ask me for a donation when well, you need to talk to me about that before you ask me because i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you what what we're looking for what we're comfortable with and it makes no sense in you shaping something that the, that i got in turn got to go sell and the answer is gonna be no um same thing with the business i want to have a conversation with you and i want you to feel comfortable enough to show me where you at and what you have and if it's not ready to be disseminated by let's say the commercial relationship manager and actually going to credit, I don't want you putting, making a bad representation of yourself the first try. I get it, all of us ain't ready for certain things or we need some refining. I would rather work with you and give you some constructive feedback on, hey, look, you might wanna present it to us this way because uh, we saw something like this and this is the package that they had. Uh, and, and see, by being receptive to that, it's almost like you're getting answers to the test before you take the test, because that, that first impression is very important, and, and you have to understand the importance of that. Being prepared is very key to you being able to uh, secure whatever it is you're trying to secure. Thank you, I appreciate that. So we only have a few minutes left. Uh, I wanna bring up a word that you've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, you brought up the word mentorship. So what advice would you give to young leaders or someone who may be listening, who's considering, you know, they may find themselves at a transitional point like you did so many years ago, uh, but what, would you, what advice would you give them or what advice would you give to your younger self now that you are on this side and you clearly are not at the end of your journey, but what would you give your younger self, you know, when you were your son's age, one of your son's ages, you know, when they went out to college or whatever? <clears throat> so, so, so I can refer back to, to when I had a turning point. Be still, young man. Be still and be quiet. Quiet yourself so you can hear properly and you can uh you can listen and hear so you can get get the jewels that you're supposed to get out of whatever individual that you're talking to don't mind sitting at the feet of wisdom uh, being patient is a virtue sometimes you don't understand that until you but until you hit your head uh, against the wall enough times where okay well let me sit still for a minute so being still to be able to listen and hear um, sitting at the feet of wisdom. So the circle of people that you're around, that circle of people, you have to be, be aspiring to what you see them doing. They can't be people uh, that are in like position. You won't learn anything from them. Um, conversation, conduct, and humility um, will prove out your character. So focus on those simple three principles, core, core, core principles, 
good conduct, and, and, and my mentor would say godly conduct, godly conversation, and humility. That is what opened up doors uh, uh, for, for, for me. Um, and the mentorship, you'll find a mentor if you humble yourself, your conversation's right, and your conduct's right, and you put yourself in the right environments. Choosing a mentor is very difficult. Being in a program and being connected to a mentor, to me, that, that it doesn't work that way. Mentors choose you and you choose a mentor. When you get a mentor, make sure that you don't waste their time. Their time is valuable. It's more valuable than money. So, so, so uh, have an ear to hear and implement. Be receptive and implement. And don't get upset and take offense when you get constructive uh, criticism. Because you, because you need that. You're not, you're not always going to do things right. You're not always going to be right, no matter how talented and educated you are. And the inability to take constructive criticism uh, can, can be your downfall. Establish a personal board of directors, even at a young age. So, so look up what a board of directors is. Establish a personal one. That's your counsel. That's your folks that help you think through certain uh, major decisions that you have. Um, and lean on them. And just like a board of directors has an executive committee, as well as uh, uh, just directors on the board, establish those. You got a chair. You got a vice chair. Uh, you have you have somebody. You know, secretary. You just look at the makeup of a board, and you and you'll find folks that they might be mentors, they might be sponsors, but that personal board of directors um, can guide you a long way in, in your in your career. Um, and definitely, last but not least, because this actually uh, comes first. That, that being able to identify what your purpose is. Everybody was born for a reason. Uh, no one should feel like or, or, or accept that I'm just here wandering around and I don't have an assignment. You have an assignment on your life. Figure out what that is. Uh, take some, self, some, self, some time to self-assess and self-reflect um, and, and get on a personal professional development plan so you can figure out what your purpose is. Then after that, it will identify a process, a process for you because your purpose is directly related to your talent. So you identify that process and then understand it's not enough to identify it to it. It's not enough to commit to it. That's taking the first step, taking those steps. The submission is when it doesn't go the way that you want it to go, when it becomes uncomfortable, can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Can you press through the first part of the storm to stand in the eye and figure out how to come out the second half of it. So that's a, that's a mission to it is often where we fail. We fail to, 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 to rise to the task at hand because it's too hard or don't feel good or we didn't get it fast enough. Um, you have to earn, you have to earn things in, in life. If you want to establish a legacy or you want to be great, that's earned, it's not given. That's a lot of counsel, brother. Uh, where were you when I was uh <laughs> where were you in my, when I was in my early 20s? Where was my older me when I was <laughs> in my 20s? <laughs> David, thank you so much for spending time with us and uh, participating in, in uh, the podcast. Uh, appreciate you, appreciate the work that you're doing uh, in your position. And I look forward to having you on the podcast again sometime in the near future. Thank you. Yeah, maybe we get a chance to talk about the community building. 
uh, that, that we doing together. Uh, two black men in leadership roles looking to bring about the change that the region needs for it to realize its potential. That's powerful. Just in saying it, that's powerful. I look forward to having that conversation, bro. All right. Take care. And again, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Please check back next week for a new interview and have a good week. Thank you.